The other huge thing is stress and what stresses are being caused to the body. So is it external stress? Um, I like to go through that kind of exercise of what is in your stress bucket and how high is the bucket? Is the bucket overflowing? With all the different stresses, is it external stress? Is it lifestyle stress? Is it toxicity stress? You know, like coming from all the products that you use. Is it stress from the food that you're eating? You know, there's just so many different stresses in our lifestyles these days. And where we can reduce some of that bucket will definitely help you be able to digest your food better because when stress is on, our digestion stops working, it stops that signal to the brain, which stops the whole cascade of being able to digest our foods. Every once in a while, I get to go through the archives of the Keto Diet Podcast. We're at over 450 episodes. This blows my mind. And sometimes there are those episodes that just you guys love. I get so much feedback on. I remember doing them. We had such a great conversation. And so today's episode is one of those that I'm pulling out of the archives. We did this interview with Leah Williamson a couple of years ago. And it was such a great conversation around how to fit keto into your life, not your life into keto. And we're talking about how to adjust for your family, blood sugar issues and stress, the pressure and expectations around the keto diet, how to adjust keto for the various stages of life and just make this a more comprehensive approach than just I'll calculate my macros and start on January 1st. It'll be great. And I think it's such a great conversation to start thinking about and priming yourself for with the whole new year situation. So without further ado, let's cut over to today's episode. Hey, my name is Leanne Vogel. I'm fascinated with helping women navigate how to eat, move and care for their bodies using a low carb diet. I'm a small town holistic nutritionist turned three-time international best-selling author turned functional medicine practitioner offering telemedicine services around the globe to women looking to better their health and stop second-guessing themselves. I'm here to teach you how to wade through the wellness noise to get to the good stuff that'll help you achieve your goals. We're supporting your low-carb life beyond the if it fits your macros conversation. Hormones, emotions, relationship to your body, workouts, letdowns, motivation, blood work, detoxing, metabolism. I'm providing the tools to put your motivation into action. Think of it like quality time with your bestie mixed with a little med school so you're empowered at your next doctor visit. Get ready to be challenged and encouraged while you learn about your body and how to care for it better. This is the Keto Diet Podcast. Hello, Leah. Thanks for coming on the show today. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be chatting with you. Yeah. So I'd love for you to introduce yourself to our guests and tell us who you are and what you're up to, what you're passionate about, all the things. Okay. Well, I'm a crazy Australian, (laughs) but I, I am from Australia and I'm a functional nutritional therapy practitioner, which seems like a big long title, but basically means uh, I like to look at the root cause of nutrition uh, and do that through real food ways of living. And I specialize in low carb and keto and paleo and just getting really the most out of those diets because we see so many people struggling all the time and they feel like they are failing at those type of diets. But I'm really here to help people just like optimize and make that like so much better and know that there is different ways of going about it because we are all bio-individual, which is really 
my key message. I'm also an instructor for the Nutritional Therapy Association. So I instruct here in Australia and in the US and I do my work online, which is this you know crazy world we live in now. So I can do everything online. So at the moment I have like an amazing class of 70 students and I sit here in Australia and talk to them at, you know, at their afternoon in my morning. And it's just like, it's unreal. It's like, you know, I love how this, you know, that there is, you know, downsides of technology, but I love the upsides of it as well, that we can really just connect with people all over the world, like us connecting now. Yeah. And I have two children, which keeps me busy. I've got a 10 year old and a seven year old. And my health journey really started back in the day uh, before paleo was like a really big thing. People were like scared to eat real food. And I, I just can never get my head around this. Like looking back now, all these years later, I started a meetup group because there was no resources for us. There was nothing that we could do to like find sources of real food. So I met with 10 people in the back of a cafe and we were hidden from each other, like for hidden from everybody else. And we were there and we're at the cafe and we're like, can I order a tea with no milk? Do you have almond milk? And they're like looking at us like almond milk. Is that a thing? Like, and then we were all like pulling out things like oh, I've got a can of coconut milk. Does anyone want to share that? And like hiding it under the table. Like we were like, you know, illegally smuggling things or something like that. So just this bizarre concept. But from that, that's where my passion grew because I was like, we need to make a change about this. This is ridiculous that we're all sitting around here hidden from everybody else talking about eating real food, not processed food, wanting to make a better world for our children. And we're hiding in the back of a cafe. And I'm sure many of your listeners have heard of Jimmy Moore and he came to Australia and he was kind of like, you got to get out there and tell more people about this passion. So that's kind of what inspired me. I was like, well, he's saying I can get out there and do it. I'm going to get out there and do it. And that's kind of like, we grew this paleo meetup group from there and we would meet regularly. And, you know, sometimes the events we'd have like 80 to hundred people just in our local area coming and talking about real food. And it was just like, so amazing. And from there, I was like, I, I was working in IT. I just had to change my entire life around. So that's when I studied with the Nutritional Therapy Association. And I chose to study through them because they're like real food based, ancestral based, like there wasn't anything else around that really met my paradigm because I, you know, didn't want to go back and study to be a dietitian if I was going to spend all that time away from my children and it'd take me six years to do that. I didn't want to be studying something that I didn't believe in. And that's why when I found the NTA, I was just like, right, that's what I'm going to go with. So, so yeah, I became a functional nutritional therapy practitioner. I see clients online or I see them in my home clinic here in Brisbane when we're allowed to see people uh, because of all the health regulations and things at the moment, but um, yeah, online and yeah, I'm just like still advocating for real food. And that's always my first and foremost point is like the basis of everything is real food. And I have a podcast too as well. I forgot to mention that, which is called Low Carb Conversations. So that's That's amazing. I had no idea your history. And when you were speaking to like, people were afraid to eat real food. It's so true. When I studied nutrition in 2007, it was like pulling teeth, encouraging people to eat real food. And you know, the almond milk. And I remember going like the same story, going to different places and asking for things. And we really take it for granted. Now, you know, you can even go to Starbucks and get coconut milk. And I remember no cafe, 
served any of that. And it was very much the same with all my holistic nutrition friends. Like, I'll cook the quinoa. You bring this and we'll go and out for lunch and we'll just add things to it. And now it's like, it's so cool to see how people have shifted and, but there's still so much work to be done. (laughs) There is, but it's so much more promising. And we have a, like a chef slash author here in Australia called Pete Evans, which you might've, might've heard of him before. And he was like really at the forefront of bringing paleo to the mainstream of Australia. And we were meeting up in times before him. So people were like, you know, you guys are really bizarre, like really strange, like, you know, what are you trying to do? And then all of a sudden he burst through and became mainstream. And we were like, oh, we can breathe now. Like we don't have to fight so much. We can just like enjoy the ride. Like I've been having almond milk since 2000. So what about you? (laughs) So, um, yeah, I love to see how it's grown. Yeah. It's so true. I I didn't know who Pete Evans was until um, I was on somebody's boat who was from Australia. And she's like, Oh, I have the best cookbook. You're going to love this guy. And so I sat down and read the whole thing. And I was like, that's really awesome. That's, I mean, a lot of his recipes look tasty. I haven't tried them. If you're looking to upgrade your living space with cozy bedding, bath and accessories, check out cozyearth.com. Cozy Earth's best-selling bamboo sheet set is temperature-regulating and incredibly soft. If you like silky smooth sheets, this set is for you. Their site is filled with luxury bedding essentials that add a classic charm to your bedroom space. Premium bedding, cozy reading blankets, comforters, linen duvet covers, and more. Plus, they offer a 10-year warranty on all of their items on all defects except for discoloration. Cozy Earth provided an exclusive offer for my listeners only, up to 35% off site-wide when you use the code KETO at CozyEarth.com. Again, that's CozyEarth.com and use the code KETO for up to 35% off your order. So to go back to your point about um, people feeling like they've failed, can we chat a little bit about where people get hung up and where you see people get stuck as it relates to keto, low carb, like where are people getting stuck? Yeah. So a lot of my clients I see, they you know, they come to you and they're first and foremost, the number one priority is they've seen that the keto diet or low carb diet can help them lose weight. And I feel like straight away, that's kind of not like they're going wrong, not that they're failing. It's a good intention to have. It's a positive thing that they want to lose weight because they might have health complaints for it or whatever it might be. But I don't, I tend to say that this is not the focus of what we're coming to talk about because once the body is in balance, once we get all everything working right and optimally, the weight that you want to lose will, well, the body will naturally reset itself to whatever weight that it feels comfortable being at. And I think that a lot of people only see it as a diet. So and I think, you know, you can look back at probably your podcast and, and lots of podcasts prior about talking about this, you know, like having that mindset around um, dieting. And so like, you know, good intention to start with, but let's focus more on how much, you know, moving away from the diet. It's not a short-term thing. This is something we're going to work out. We're going to bring the body into balance. And the way that we're going to do that is we're going to look at whatever underlying issues might be preventing you. And some of those common underlying issues could be, well, let's look at diet first. Are you eating enough real food? 
a lot of the keto diets that you see these days is people are substituting foods that they once had for a more keto friendly food. So I only have to come over to the US and see your whole foods, which I walk in there and I'm like, whoa, you know, <laughs> but it's so much packaged food. It's like, you know, it's still, it's, it's a better choice, but it's still not uh, the same as eating some lovely fresh salad or some veggies or a, a lovely just piece of meat that you've cooked yourself on the grill or whatever it might be. So, you know, making sure you've got enough real food in the diet and then looking at things that can cause inflammation. So like some of the things that can cause inflammation are dairy products in some people. So a lot of the keto diets that we see people want to load up on dairy, you know, and who, let's face it, dairy tastes good cheese is yum, but it doesn't agree with everybody. And so where can we reduce some of those foods of um, inflammation that are causing issues in the body? So like if you're having coffee and cream three or four times a day, I'd like likely to start there. And often clients will come to me and they know already and they're like, you're going to take cream off me, aren't you? I'm like, your body's already telling you, you already know. So it's not me taking it from you. It's that it's not agreeing with your body. <laughs> and that's kind of the approach that I take. And the other huge thing is stress and what stresses are being caused to the body. So is it external stress? Um, I like to go through that kind of exercise of what is in your stress bucket and how high is the bucket? Is the bucket overflowing? with all the different stresses? Is it external stress? Is it lifestyle stress? Is it toxicity stress, you know, like coming from all the products that you use? Is it stress from the food that you're eating? You know, there's just so many different stresses in our lifestyles these days. And where we can reduce some of that bucket will definitely help you be able to digest your food better because when stress is on, our digestion stops working, it stops that signal to the brain, which stops the whole cascade of our being able to digest our foods. So yeah, so there's like so many different layers there. And if you want me to talk about digestion just a little bit here in terms of being able to digest those foods. I would love, that was going to be my next question. Okay. Underlying <laughs> issue, digestion, tell me the things. <laughs> I'm a podcaster, so I'll probably like ask myself you know. the own questions. I know. <laughs> so you just go with it. I'll be back in 30 minutes. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Don't leave me. <laughs> so yeah, so digestion is like a, a massive area that I'm really super passionate about in relation with stress, because if we are eating the most nutrient dense, beautiful ketogenic foods. And, you know, like we're eating all the lovely, healthy fats and veggies and, you know, all those great foods. I could be so stressed out that I'm like eating my food in a rush. I'm not digesting that properly. I could be not even getting the signal to the brain to tell me to slow down, to mindfully eat. And a, a good rule of thumb of knowing whether you're kind of like in this state is if you're like, rushing at meal times are you rushing around at meal times are you just throwing food into your mouth do you sit down at the table and not even know what it is you've even eaten if you don't even know what you've eaten how it tasted then i would say to you you need to slow it down <laughs> and some of the ways the best ways to do that is just taking away some of the stress at mealtime. So if you live in a family or not even live in a family, you might live in a like busy lifestyle. You might be like rushing around constantly all the time with work and commitments. Or if you've got children that are, you know, causing mealtimes, you know, usually I've got a child at my feet telling me I'm hungry. And I'm like, just give me 
half an hour. Like, you know, just let me get dinner on the table first. So if any of that is happening, some of the ways to kind of minimize that. And we've probably heard this before though, is, but like having a plan, like plan out your meals, know what's coming up, know what you're going to eat. And that definitely helps too with women who, who feel like they're the only one in the family wanting to eat keto and nobody else is wanting to eat in the family. Like this all ties in together. If you make a plan, I like to make my plan on Friday night. I don't really go out much. We don't go out much these days anyway. So while I'm sitting down and I'm watching a movie, I might just get out my menu planner and just start writing down a few meals. And I will try and find meals that the whole family like, but are still also keto friendly for me. So the example I love to use is we love butter chicken in our house and Pete Evans has a great butter chicken recipe if anyone's looking for one. I'm sure you probably do too, Leanne. Um, And so butter chicken is like, you know, like a curry. So I would just have mine with some cauliflower rice and the kids like a bit of rice. My kids don't like any veggies whatsoever. And so I would just make a bit of rice for them. I haven't cooked, you know, 13 different meals. I've just cooked cauliflower rice rice. My husband likes a mix of the cauliflower and the rice together. I have the butter chicken We, you know, we all have the butter chicken. It's, it's a great nutrient dense meal. It's got all the lovely spices in it. It's got butter in it. It's got or ghee if you can't have butter, it's got chicken in it. It's, it's a great meal for everybody to enjoy. And I've only cooked one meal and that's how I kind of set out my week. I look at what activities we have on during the week, if we've got sports in the afternoon, if we've got, um, we know we're not going to be home, I will just make sure that I've made an extra meal and have that ready to go. But what I've done is actually just put some thought into the week. So that's already taking some stress out of my cooking and preparation time and being in the kitchen so that I can do some of the things that I like to do. So if one of my children is saying, mom, come and sit down with me, I can go, right, well, I know in the freezer, I've got some butter chicken and I'll just pull that out. And I'm going to come and sit down and enjoy some time with my children. So just, you know, making it work through that. And then the other thing that I really love and what I call is, and this really, really helps with digestion and getting you to slow down a bit is what I call the ceremony of eating. And this ceremony is whatever you can make of it. So perhaps you might be a a spiritual religious household. You might like even just the simple act of saying grace and being thankful for the food that you have in front of you. If that doesn't feel right for you, you might just want to say how thankful you are for the food that's being there. But actually just spending that moment to sit down, turn off all the electronic devices, turn off the TV, get everything away off the table, even the act of just setting the table. So putting the tablecloth down, like, you know, how many times do you do that? Like just making a real big special moment out of, cause we can't get to restaurants so easily anymore at the moment. So turn your kitchen table or your dining table into a restaurant table, put some flowers on it. Um, my children once drew some pictures and put them in the background. It was like, we had this, we were at the beach. So on the, in the background, they'd drawn pictures of the beach and we're like, oh, look, we're sitting by the seaside, um, you know, and just having a bit of play and fun in the meal time and then sitting together and being present. And it's so old fashioned. It just seems like, you know, something that we would have done probably with our parents or our grandparents, but just bringing some of those values back in. They're so important because it's stopping taking the time, taking a breath, relaxing, which stimulates the digestion, which helps us to prepare for eating. I love all of your tips. And I can tell you over the last couple of months, actually, ever since I got the CGM, I've noticed how quickly I eat. 
like I'll, as I'm preparing food, I'll put in what I've eaten and I'll get everything set up. And then within two minutes, it's all gone. (laughs) And so I've started setting a timer um, just to see, like, you know, I I set it for 15 minutes and I look at it and I'm like, okay, I have 10 minutes to go and I'm halfway done. I need to slow down. And that was helpful for me to realize just how quickly I was just like plowing through my meals. Okay. On to the next. And it really does make a huge difference. Even while you were describing what to do, I was calming down, just listening to your tips. (laughs) Oh, that's good. And you can make that ceremony, whatever works for you. So if that ceremony for you is actually just setting the table and taking three deep breaths, then that's going to be a big help. If that ceremony is making a big thing out of it, like I know some families that will even go to like, okay, well, we're going to have a different theme every Friday night. We're going to have like a Greek night. The next night we're going to have the next week. We're going to have an Indian night. Like, and they get dressed up and they learn about the culture of the food that they're eating. And it's just bringing a bit of fun and enjoyment in it. I think that's just like so fun to do. I love that idea. I love that idea. If somebody has a child, they would like to donate to me for a night (laughs) so that we can do that together. It's so much easier to like involve a whole family, you know, in that practice. I just, I love that idea. That's so great. We used to do that in school. Like every child would be assigned a certain country and we would come up with the food and present ideas. I just love bringing the family into that. That's such a great idea. Yeah. And you, you can do it with your friends as well. I think that we've kind of lost that connection too. So if you live, you know, like you, maybe you've got some good neighbors, you could each have a different theme, you know, bring back the dinner parties. One thing that um, we love is like progressive dinner parties as well. Have you ever heard of those? It's like where you start at someone's house and one person does like an entree or like a starter. And then the next person does um, the main meal, but you go to each house. So you're just kind of like walking down the street with your neighbors and then each person has a, a meal assigned to them and you spend a little bit of time at their house and then you all get up and you walk to the next one and walking is so great for the digestion as well. So one thing, you know, like that will help you kind of like digest the food. So between each meal, you're digesting, you're talking, you're walking, you're having fun, you're moving to the next house. Like it's just, a, it's just um, so much fun. This is amazing. Oh my goodness. I love this idea. I mean, I guess you could do it on boats too. I'm just thinking that yeah. could be really fun. Get in the dinghy or swim to the next, yes. <laughs> swim to the next boat. <laughs> I love that. I just, I love that idea. And okay. So we've chatted about underlying issues as it relates to digestion. Are there other underlying issues that cause stress and screw up our fat burning? (laughs) (laughs) Well, the, well, stress in itself with your blood sugar, and I'm sure you're experiencing that with your continuous glucose monitor, but yeah, just the, the way that stress can impact blood sugar. So even if you're just eating what you perceive as a a great meal that should be balanced and have all the macronutrients in it. If you're eating again in a stressed way, that's going to shoot the blood sugar up. If something happens, you know, while you're eating that food that causes some stress, like that's why I was kind of talking like that whole digestion and stress kind of, and blood sugar all kind of roll into, to one another there because you know, if you're standing in the kitchen trying to get food on, the children's fighting with each other or, you know, there's something happening that's already shooting your blood sugar up as well. So, yeah, that's a big one that I see. And then the other one that I see too is 
and just being able to digest all those great fats. So if you've come from a fairly low fat diet or a standard American Australian style diet, you haven't been eating a lot of fat. And then we go to load the body up with some like lovely fat. The body can sometimes respond and just go like, oh, I'm coming to a standstill. I don't know what to do with this. What am I going to do? And so rather than thinking about loading up on more fat and putting fat as a whole, like, you know, that addition of fat, like people do like, well, just put more butter on it, you know, just go next thing I'm eating, like a a cake of butter or, you know, just to add more cream to it. Next thing I'm jugging cream. I'm, I'm standing in the pantry with my spoon of coconut oil, like trying to get this fat in. Stop. If that's happening, stop. (laughs) What we want to do here is just try and emulsify our fats a little bit more. And that's basically like mixing a fat with an acids. So the best way to do that is like a salad dressing or some kind of dressing. So, you know, by already emulsifying it, that's making it easier on the digestive system for the body to be able to process that fat through and you absorb more fat that way. So simple vinaigrette, like my favorite olive oil, apple cider vinegar, and then insert whatever different herbs. You could have a different flavor each time. If you're having Greek night, put some Greek herbs in there, oregano, lemon, thyme. You know, if you're having a, just a simple salad dressing, just keep it plain, add some garlic in there. So just, um, I think emulsifying the fats and getting fats in that way into the body, the body will respond in a more healthful way rather than just going shock. What is all this fat that you're doing to me? Apple cider vinegar is a must. I I don't know how I lived without it for all those years. It's I use it in my hair. I use it in my meals. It's it's a great go-to. It's fantastic. It's the new coconut oil. <laughs> it really is. Yeah, it's right up there with like cauliflower and all the things you can do with it. <laughs> it's so true. I cannot even tell you how many times I get messages from listeners. Maybe you're one of them saying that you could slam two, three, four, five keto protein bars in one sitting. I too majorly struggle with this to the point where I can't even have them in the house. To the point like I can't even think, like even thinking about keto protein bars has me wanting one. (laughs) It's a huge challenge because there are some days where that take along with you bar is convenient and in many ways, like a necessity. So I started looking for an alternative, something more balanced, a bar that would deliver nutrients, not just a balance of macros, because a lot of those keto bars out there are super sweet, really tasty, and you just can't have one. Like it's just not even possible. Where my body would be like satiated by having one and not searching for more and more and more and more. Maybe you can relate to this. So after A long time of searching, I found that very bar. It's been a couple of years. I love this bar. I still eat it today. And here are the ingredients. All organic, cashew butter, tapioca fiber syrup, bone broth protein, dried apples, dates, pumpkin seeds, a superfood blend of kale, broccoli, spinach, aceola cherry, wild blueberry, spirulina, ginger, turmeric, lecithin, cinnamon, flavor, organic flavor, Himalayan pink sea salt, rosemary extract, and monk fruit extract. They are just a little bit sweet, so satisfying, and I've never had more than one in a sitting. It just hits the spot, and I move on with my life. Every bar is made with certified organic, antioxidant-rich superfoods. They're cold-pressed, 
gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, non-GMO, contains healthy proteins, fats, and vital nutrients, no added sugars or artificial sweeteners or sugar alcohols. They're very low in natural sugars, four grams or less, depending on the flavor, and they're all whole food based. You can head on over to paleovalley.com slash keto to check out their amazing superfood bars and get 15% off your order. Again, that's paleovalley.com slash keto for their superfood bars. And so as it relates to stress, um, and you chatted about this a bit before of like getting out of the weight loss conundrum, because we can get so focused on the ketogenic diet of like, what are my numbers and how is this happening? And there, there can be a lot of stress that's created by following the ketogenic diet. Can you chat a little bit about that? Yeah. Yeah. The, and the, I think it's also like the pressure and expectation that you can put on yourself as well. Like I see my friend on the internet forum and she's lost like, I don't know, pounds. So I'll say like, she's lost like 50 kilos, which might be like a hundred pounds. I'm not sure, but you know, like she's lost so much weight and here I am, I haven't lost any and I'm following it and I'm sticking to this rigid um, macronutrient range and I don't feel this, you know, great surge of energy that people are telling me that I'm feeling. So something is wrong with me. That's what happens. Like you immediately turn and blame yourself. And that in itself is the stress as well. And I just feel like, let's just take a little step back. Everyone's bio-individual. Their weight loss journey can be really different to your weight loss journey. Let's see what things need to be brought back into balance with the body. So our body it loves you. It will do whatever it needs to do to bring you back to balance at any one time. So you think about that. You think about when you eat a high sugary carbohydrate meal, your blood sugar is going to surge up. And because your body loves you, it's going to bring that back down into balance for you. It's going to bring that blood sugar back down. And when it does bring it back down, it might dip it a bit low because that's what it's designed to do because it sent all its resources out to you. And then you're going to feel a bit of, okay, what's happening here? But that's the body working for you. That's not something wrong with you. Your body's doing what you wanted it to do. It's trying to help regulate your blood sugar there. And if you keep doing that over and over all the time to it, things are going to wear out. It's going to draw resources from one area to pull in to help another area. And then something's going to become inflamed because it hasn't sent the resources over there. And over time, our organs start to wear out a little bit. Our body starts to slow down a little bit. And then we end up with diseases of inflammation, diseases like, um, you know, obesity and diabetes. And so what we want to do is really like fuel our body the right way, take out the stress of that and just really help our body to help it when it's trying to bring back into balance. Like we're trying to give it the best chance that it can do rather than flooding it and making it use all its resources all the time. And from there, you will find that things will start to come back into balance. My weight will regulate. I don't have all those stresses that I once have. I'm, you know, trying to minimize those, the hamster wheel that's happening constantly all the time. And you'll find that you'll have more energy and you'll start to, to feel more healthful, basically. Did that answer your question? <laughs> it does. It does. And 
I think to your comparison note, it's, it's very easy to look on Instagram and be like, oh, this person's lost this much and I haven't, and they're having success. I always remind myself of, you don't know what's going on on the inside, (laughs) you know, like um, the outside isn't always a good indicator of what's happening on the inside. And all of us come to this eating style specifically because of different reasons. And I've done so much healing for my body over the last six years, but my body kind of looks the same ish. I mean, my skin definitely glows a lot more than it did before and those sorts of things. But my weight hasn't really changed all that much, especially when I'm prioritizing my health. But like, I got my period back. And although you don't see that in a picture, that's a really big deal. Definitely. And I could not agree more with that. Like, let's look at other factors. Let's look at your, you know, some people might be into their health markers. Like you might actually have seen that through this journey, even though your body still looks the same or, you know, in a way that, you know, it's wanting to look in the inside, your health markers might be awesome. You might be able to now eat something that is like, a chickpea or a a date and not affect your blood sugar regulation where before you could just look at a date and you'd be like, Oh my gosh, my blood sugar is already through the roof. So um, let's look at those other factors then, then always using weight as a indicator of what's happening in your body, because that's not always the right way to look at it. I feel. I couldn't agree with you more. And I've actually started playing around with chickpeas and I'm having a great time. <laughs> just like uh, now I can handle beans where I couldn't before. And that's been really fun and doesn't really do much to my body, but also helps with my digestion quite a lot. So it's so fun also to see that over time, what you need at the very beginning of your journey is very different than what you need on year one and year six and year 10 and year 20. And I think a lot of people lose focus and they, and they look at others of like, well, how come I don't have that? And we lose sight of the fact that a lot of this stuff takes time. Like this process takes time. What are your thoughts on the time aspect? Oh yeah, I agree totally. And like you were saying, as you progress and things change, your diet will change and evolve as well. And some things that you might not have been able to eat before, you might be able to bring those back in and they have no impact to you whatsoever. But yeah, it's not a quick fix. Like a lot of people just think I'm going to just do the keto diet. And I use that word diet, you know, um, and it's going to be 21 days and I'm going to be a new person. That's 21 days is the intro, I would say it's helping you get in there. It's helping you set that foundation. It's setting you up for success. And then we continue on and then it takes whatever time it needs to take from there. And then we evolve and then we add things in and we experiment and we try different things. And even as you, you know, age, I found that my diet that I'm eating now, the the food that I'm using to fuel me at 42 is so much different to 32 and I've had to, you know, change some things around for, for heading into perimenopausal and menopause because my hormones are changing now. Um, we're having, I'm having different experiences. So I'm not eating the same kind of things that I was eating before 
And uh, certainly um, I look back on my first days of studying out of paleo and I was baking a lot of cakes and <laughs> a lot of almond meal back in those days. And I certainly know that now that does not agree with me. You know, like I just, I eat some, like if I ate something that had so much almond meal in it, I just sit there and I just feel heavy and doesn't do anything for me while it tastes yummy. Um, it's not, you know, not serving me anymore. And so that's what I'm looking for as I'm progressing and looking at my bio-individual approach. I'm looking at what foods serve me and what foods don't serve me. I'm not looking at them as good or bad. I can't eat that because it's not paleo or keto. I'm looking at it as what works best to fuel my body and make me feel energetic and healthful and vibrant. Yeah, I remember um, when I first started paleo, I was doing the same thing. And as a food blogger, um, I don't so much do that anymore. I mean, we're pressured to like make all of these recipes and then you're eating all the cakes and cookies and all the things. And oh my goodness, it's it's so much easier. Kind of like, especially for me, I'm the same as you. Like I don't respond well to those things. And, you know, having breakfast, lunch, dinner, or just mostly like first meal, second meal of just like a lot of vegetables and a lot of meat and a lot of fat just feels so much better for my body. And your point on time also, do you feel, you know, when people get into it, they're like, in 21 days, I'm going to be a totally different person. Yeah. <laughs> um, that they don't know that it takes time to care for the body or that they weren't educated or knew that, you know, the dedication that you have to your body is kind of number one priority. Cause if your body's not healthy or doesn't feel good, you can't do anything. Like, where do you think the disconnect is? Do you think it's different for different people? Or like, I know that for myself, you know, having had an eating disorder and slowly learning that I needed to take care of my body, it became a very serious thing of like, I need to take care of this thing. Like it's my responsibility to take care of my body. Do you see those shifts happen to people during those 21 days? Do you think it takes a certain type of person to want to make this shift or like what encouraging words do you have for people that are like, Oh, maybe a, the 21 day thing, like maybe that's not the right thing for me. Yeah. I think it goes back to that bio-individuality, isn't it? It's like, we're all so different. So you've got to really find what works for you. If you're the type of person that needs a 21 day guided, like how to get into keto to get you started into keto, then that will work well for you. But what we've got to keep in mind is that, you know, 21 days is just the starting point is what we're just talking about. So, you know, maybe you need to have a different shift in the mindset and, and, and think that, yeah, I need to fuel my body. This is a great starting point. This is where I need to start with. And then what am I going to do from there? Because a lot of programs that you see is they'll just say, okay, 21 days is over. That was great. See you later. <laughs> but if you can find a program that empowers you and teaches you and educates you rather than just a diet program, I think that's where you'll have the success, where you learn to, you know, why we do this. Why are we doing this long-term? Why do we need to look after our bodies? Like, I think we know we need to look after our bodies. I just think we just, you know, we just need to be told that I think that, you know, just having that understanding there, that baseline. And then from there, like, you know, you've got those tools, you know, you can come back to them at any time rather than I'm just going to follow this meal plan. The meal plan's over. I go back. I resume normal eating. I didn't learn anything from that. And I will never give out a meal plan unless I've had a consult with someone and where I've gone through and said to them, like, this is your starting point. This is going to give you some something to start with. But what I need you to do is work out how you can take this meal plan and then make this meal plan for yourself. And, you know, like 
how you can sit down and meal plan like we were talking about earlier in the at the at the discussion where um, okay, I've liked some of these recipes on here. I'm going to take them over. I'm going to put them on days that work for me. I'm going to work out how I'm going to batch cook these and, you know, configure it so that it's working well for you. Couldn't agree with you more, like getting the ideas and learning how to do basic stuff and then merging it over to what you need and how it's going to work for you really empowers you to start making your own choices. And that is just like, I feel like that's why we're both here, right? Is to just like get people excited about taking care of themselves and why we do what we do every day is to empower others to be as excited as we are about taking care of ourselves. You touched a little bit on where people people can find you about your podcast. Can you share all the links and places that people can connect with you, Leah? Sure. No worries. So I, that sounded really Australian then too, didn't it? No worries, mate. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it did. Yeah, that's cute. <laughs> uh, so you can find me. I'm most active on Instagram at Nourishing Conversations. So it's Nourishing Conversations with an S. And then same with my website. It's just www.nourishingconversations.com. Also, Low Carb Conversations is my podcast. So you can find me at Low Carb Conversations. It's all about the conversation that we have with one another and they're probably the most places that you'll be able to find me uh yeah I just I love Instagram I love hanging out on there that's probably my my most favorite place to to hang if you're looking looking for me on social media I'm the same way. Leah, thank you so much for coming on the show today and sharing some really good tips that um, people can take away from today's episode. So thank you so much for sharing your brilliance. Thank you. And so much fun chatting with you. And I just love every conversation that we always have. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll need to like make it so that it's not every five years because yes. um, this was too long. <laughs> too long. Yeah. We have to make a, a regular date, a regular uh, progressive dinner date that we can sit down and have our meals together virtually and we can dress up and wear sombreros or, or whatever it might be, whatever theme we decide. Zoom dinner dates. I feel like there's something to this at this yeah. point of 2020. I feel like multiple people would be interested in something like that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thanks fun. again for coming on the show. Thank you. You're going to notice at the beginning of the episode, I didn't share a bio for Leah Williamson. She was the host of Low Carb Conversations, but they haven't had an episode in over a year. It was such a great podcast. I'm not entirely sure where she is, what she's up to. I tried to find her on the internet and I can't find anything. So um, you can check out her previous episodes on Low Carb Conversations by going to lowcarbconversations.com. Okay, we will see you back here for another episode of the Keto Diet Podcast. Next week, episode 452 on December 19th will be the last for the year. I'm taking Christmas off. Just one episode. We will not be going live on December 26th. We're going to be taking a little break. Oh my goodness, I've never done this. So we will be back on January 2nd for a new episode. So next week, I'm going to be sharing a really fun episode that I prepared for a client. You're going to be a fly on the wall when it comes to a session with a client. We're talking about an individual that is very exhausted and not really sure where to go from here. So that'll be a fun one. And that'll be our last episode of the year. I can't even believe it. So we'll see you back here next week for the last episode of the year, Tuesday, December 19th. Looking forward to hanging out with you then. Okay, bye. 
Thanks for listening. Join us next Tuesday for another episode of the Keto Diet Podcast. Looking for more resources? Go to healthfulpursuit.com for keto meal plans, weight loss programs, low-carb recipes, and oodles of free resources to get you going. The Keto Diet Podcast, including show notes and links, provides information in respect to healthy living, recipes, nutrition, and diet, and is intended for informational purposes only. The information provided is not a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment, nor is it to be construed as such. We cannot guarantee that the information provided on the Keto Diet Podcast reflects the most up-to-date medical research. Information is provided without any representation or warranties of any kind. Please consult a qualified health provider with any questions you may have regarding your health and nutrition program. Thank you.